you're depressed for yourself, but then you're also depressed for your clients. And then you can't see your family and you can't see your friends. And it's just sad. It really is. And you go in waves. I've definitely had my moments where like, I'm going to make the best of this and I'm going to cook and I'm going to garden and I'm going to learn to make fun cocktails. And that lasts like a week. And then you're back (laughs) in the tub crying. (laughs) Welcome to Bride to Have Been. I'm your host, Emily Lewis. Like many others, I was a bride-to-be planning to marry my best friend in front of our loved ones, our tribe of 150 people. Needless to say, the pandemic upended the Pinterest perfect wedding I had planned. From 150 to seven guests, I had the most unexpected dream wedding. But not all brides and wedding professionals have had the same experience. Join me as I uncover the reality of this new normal in the wedding industry. Hey everyone, I'm so excited to introduce you to my very own wedding planner, Jane Gerwin, owner of Jane Alexandra Events. Jane is based in Ventura, California, and she started her wedding planning business after planning her own wedding and loving every bit of the process. Jane Alexandra Events has been named the Knots Best of Weddings 2018, 2019, 2020, and 2021. Also, her company was recently named to the Knots Best of Weddings Hall of Fame. Jane, it's so great to reconnect with you. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yes, I'm so excited. I've been looking forward to this, but I also just can't believe it's been three months since I saw you at Julian in my wedding. So time is flying like nobody's business. But I have to give a shout out to you and Katie and your team because there were other people there that actually have never met, but <laughs> you guys made our day absolutely magical. So I just need to let the world know that it was beyond our expectations. And it was the most amazing day to the point that we don't feel like we need to do another wedding celebration. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Honestly, it's easy to do what I do when I have great couples who I just connect with personally too. And working with you guys was so fun. And I'm sad it's over. kind of wish you would do another big one so I could help you. (laughs) (laughs) You're so weird about this process is once it's done, that's it. Like, when do we ever get to speak or see each other really is like through social media. And so when Julian and I started this podcast, it was like, wow, we get to actually hang out with you again. Which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, it's one of the hardest pieces when it's over because it's sad. You know, I build these relationships. I work with people usually for a year and then it's like, okay, bye. <laughs> yeah. Like good luck with your life. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> find ways to connect, especially social media is great. I stalk all my clients on social media all the time and <laughs> talk to them that way. And sometimes I see them at other weddings or just out in the world or meet for a drink. Obviously not now, but <laughs> yeah, a little different now. <laughs> yeah. So I always try to stay in touch for sure. Yeah. And you do such a great job on Instagram of giving people shout outs at like their one year anniversary, which I just thought is so thoughtful of you. So just applauding you there because I think it makes people like feel so special. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, I just honestly, it's like a nice to look back on it and just remember the day. And especially as I continue forward, you know, with my business and every year things are changing, my business is growing and it's 
so nice to look back like, oh, a year ago, this is where I was and this is who I was with. And now look at where we've gone and how much we've grown. And it's nice. And it's just also a great way, again, to reconnect with my clients and give them a shout out and let them know I miss them. (laughs) Yeah, love it. Love it. Okay, we want to talk about this year. And it's obviously near and dear to my heart because I was literally part of this journey to some extent with you, though I was just one wedding out of many weddings you were planning. So I want to get into that. But I want to also hear, just let everybody know how you even started your business. I know is like heavily involved based on you just planning your own wedding, but Mm -hmm. how did you bring it to life? I think it's a great story. Of course. (laughs) I mean, it's my story, but so I went to high school with a girl whose name is also Emily. And yes, I know. And she had a little wedding planning business. And so when we got engaged, I reached out to her and I asked her if she could be my coordinator. And I decided I wanted to plan the whole thing myself because I'm a control freak and I didn't want anyone's help. (laughs) My poor family. I'm like, no, I got it. And so then I knew though that I didn't want to do anything day of. So I reached out to her. She offered to help me and she and I would meet and talk and go over the timeline and everything like that. And I was like, I just love this so much. Like, I so cool that you do this. And she was like, you'd be great at this. You should come and help me and start being a coordinator. And so shortly after my wedding, I just dove right in. I was like, I want to do this. I have no doubt in my mind that this is what I was made to do. And literally driving back from our honeymoon, we were thinking of business names for my business, That's awesome. <laughs> my husband and I, and we went to Napa. And so we were driving home from Napa. So it's a long drive. And that's all we talked about the whole way home. And so I was so excited. And I reached out to her again. And she told me that she actually decided to stop doing wedding planning because she got her like dream job at this nonprofit. And, but she said she would let me know if anyone else reached out to her. So she started referring me clients. And I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. This is scary, but I'm just going to go for it and see what happens. And I started with a few of my friends that I knew, or like acquaintances I knew that were getting married. I was like, let me help you for free. I just want to like, get my feet wet and see if I'm even capable of this. And then shortly after that, she started referring me clients and I got a couple really great weddings that I still can't believe they hired me when they did because I was like, I've done two weddings and I just loved it. And then they continued to refer me and those venues referred me. And so that's really what kickstarted it. And it just kind of snowballed from there. I honestly just still don't understand how it happened. I learned literally the first wedding. I was like, I can't do this by myself. I did it. The first wedding I did alone. Oh my God. But luckily it was for a friend. So some of my other friends were there and I was like, you need to help me. I can't do this. And so (laughs) after that was when I was like, okay, I need a team and I need to some other people that can be with me day up from start to finish to help me just get through it. And that's when I started building my team. How did you go about building your team and also just even creating those vendor relationships? Because you sent us a lot of recommendations. And so it's clear you've worked with a lot of these people. But how did you go about when 
getting started, building those relationships, and then also finding people within the the industry to want to be on your team? I just always made it a point to be just so nice and like appreciative of everybody that was working because I know how hard it is. It's a long day. Everyone's tired. Everybody's there for the same reason, which is to make the bride and groom so happy and make it the best day ever. So especially when we have like our dinner break, that's when I really would get to chat a lot with the other vendors. Like, how'd you start? What do you like? What do you not like? What are your tips? Like picking their brain and just thanking them profusely all day. (laughs) So (laughs) that kind of helped me build those relationships with vendors. As far as building my team, I initially called a friend that I have known all my life. Her name's Lindsay. And she was the first person I thought of. And I just said, Hey, I'm starting this business. I need somebody that I can count on to help me who's organized, who just gets things done. And so she was on board. So she was the first person. And then my mom's best friend's daughter, Chloe called me like probably a couple months in and was like, Hey, my mom told me you started this wedding planning business. I'm super interested. I'd love to help you. So then I got her on board. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, she just called me out of the blue. I was like, yeah, I actually really do need help. Yeah. (laughs) So the two of them were really initially the people that I relied on the most within the first year of my business. And then I did my first styled photo shoot to try to help promote myself in my business and show that I can do design work and things like that. And I reached out to Katie, who I used to do cheerleading with in college. And so I asked her because she's a baker, if she yes, could make follow her. Yeah, I know. Her oh do you know her handle? Yeah, it's XO Katie Rosario. And oh my God, so good. I know she's so talented and everything she makes is delicious. It's like crazy. (laughs) Now she's teaching people doing these courses to teach you how to bake. She's just awesome. So cool. I asked her if she could make the desserts for this style shoot, these like hand painted macaroons. And she said, yes. And so we met to talk about it. And then she did another style shoot with me. And she was like, if you ever need help, I would love to help you with coordinating too. And I was like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Hired. (laughs) Hired. Yeah. So she really became my right hand pretty quick because the other two girls both worked full-time jobs. So it was harder to get help on Friday weddings or rehearsals or just when my workload got so much, just helping with even little things like calling vendors, collecting insurances, helping with the planning process. So she had that free time. And so quickly, she really became just a huge asset to me. And I'll never let her leave me because I don't know what I would do. And then eventually, I started having her coordinate her own weddings. So now she runs almost all my month of coordinations. And then after that, I met Crystal at a styled photo shoot. She was a model. and. Yeah. And so I was talking to her about why did you want a model for this? She's like, well, I want to be a wedding planner. And so I thought this was a great way to meet a wedding planner. And I was like, I mean, so then she got on board. And then Juliana is one of my best friends. They know each other. And so she 
reached out to me and said that she wanted to do a career shift and she'd always been interested in event planning. And so I met up with her and then she got on board and here we are. That's my team you have now. A huge <laughs> team. Yeah, Lindsay actually left. So she okay. was, she worked with me all up until last year. And it's so funny. This is the first year she hasn't worked for me. And I'm like, well, you didn't miss anything. because <laughs> You know, it's been just a fail. But she got a great job that she loves. And you know, it's hard when you have a full time job and you're working one yeah. every weekend. But I still have the other four girls. And then I have a couple extra people that will fill in if I need extra bodies that I can count on that have filled in a few times over the years but and now they're all trained in doing coordination on their own so we can do multiple weddings in a day and it's that's great awesome that's great I mean, for your business yeah not covid times obviously i know i know um. <laughs> i'm really really lucky and i trust them so much my business is basically my child and so i don't trust anyone with it. So it says a lot that I'm like, trust them to do weddings on their own. And some days I even forget that they have a wedding that day. They're like, the yeah. wedding went great. I'm like, what? Oh, oh yeah. Like that's <laughs> how trusting I am of them that yeah. they can just do it. And I know it's going to go smooth and they always get really great feedback from clients. And so I'm just really grateful for all of them. That's awesome. So I do feel like we have to give everybody a rundown of like how you and I got connected because, you know, we were shopping around for venues, right? And mm -hmm. we started to look in the Bay Area. We did not want to spend the money to get married in San Francisco because it was absurd. And <laughs> we decided to start to mosey down south. And one of the places we go to every year with Julian's family is Flying Flags, which is in Buellton, California. Yes. And it's a glamping site. But if I have to admit, when Julian and I... <laughs> thought we were going glamping. We still thought we were going to be intense. And <laughs> we were even leaving San Francisco at the time to drive down. And we were like, do we have enough warm clothes? Are we going to freeze on this trip? <laughs> and we get there and they're like tiny homes. Definitely not going to freeze. <laughs> Definitely not going to freeze. So we decided to like get married at Flying Flags. We were like, oh, this is going to be fun. We'll rent all these houses. Just make it a fun weekend gathering. And and so we were talking to the venue and we, we were asking the venue because it, it appeared they didn't do a lot of weddings there. And yeah. we're like, well, do you have any bride or couples or wedding planners that we can talk to about this? And they gave us your name and your sister had gotten married at that venue. And so we yeah. were like, winner. Like your, <laughs> every all the research we did, we're like, she looks great. Perfect. We'll do it. <laughs> like, so that's how we got connected. But mm -hmm. what was was funny was that you had actually somebody on your team, I think, was getting married the same day as our wedding. So it was like, oh, no, we're not even going to get to actually work with you. So yeah, we were going to work. I think Katie was going to be our planner coordinator for the day with a few girls, I think, there to help out. And silver lining of COVID was that <laughs> the other wedding, which I feel very bad for your friend, but we then selfishly got to have you join our wedding. Thank you to your friend slash I'm sorry, but... <laughs> I'm really happy that we got to have you on our wedding day along with me Katie, too. So. <laughs> me too. You know what? There's always a silver lining somewhere. There That's, is. That is this 2020. <laughs> I know for real. So it's always sad when I work with a client, especially throughout the whole process. And then it's okay. I don't get to actually see you say I do and walk down the aisle. So 
it worked out. And her wedding will still happen. It will be great and wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Is she still going to do it in Buellton? Yeah. Okay. It's still her same venue and they're still doing their room block at Flying Flax. Nice. Yep. Yeah, became difficult to book rooms for our guests because we knew there was other weddings going on. We're like, oh yeah, yeah. shoot, everybody <laughs> booked <was> fast. <laughs> so funny. Well, it didn't matter at the end of the day. All right. So Jane, aside from my wedding, I clearly did not just have my wedding this year prior to the pandemic planning my wedding. So how many weddings were you supposed to be executing this year prior to COVID? So we had, I think, about 32 weddings on the books for 2020, which was supposed to be our busiest year yet. (laughs) And usually people still book into the year. So we probably would have had at least four or five other clients booking later on this year. So yeah, it was a big hit. (laughs) It was a big hit. Oh my God. I'm just calc. That's like almost 40 weddings than you would at the end of the year. I don't Probably, know. Probably, yeah. <laughs> like, do you have a weekend for yourself ever? <laughs> Not really. But yeah. <laughs> also, you know, I don't personally work all of them, which is why it's so great to have my team. But still, I personally probably would have done 25 to 30 weddings. Oh, on wow. My own. That's still a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> so let's just say you would have had the 32 number because that was the number that we were actually booked. Mm-hmm. How many actually happened? And it can be from like an elopement or micro wedding. We don't know what to call it. It's like has five different names, I think right now. But how many weddings did you actually have? So I think I had one wedding in February before all of this. So that was the start of the year. The only, I'll call it, big wedding that we actually had this year. Then I probably had, I think we did four micro weddings or elopements after that. I did personally. And then Katie had another wedding. So we've done about five weddings so far and it's December. so. So that's it. I remember sitting down with Flying Flags at the time, Tracy is her name. And you guys were like, all right, you can have 50 people but or 100 people maybe. I was like, but they can only be there for the mm-hmm. ceremony. And then you can have like less people than for maybe a dinner, but there's no dance. And, and we remember being like, wait, what? But it's like, that's literally what the law yeah, would allow us to do. It's true. <laughs> and, you know, the hard thing is that there's always a gray area, right? It's, well, what if we do it in our backyard? Or what if we rent an Airbnb? Or what if we find a venue that doesn't care and is just going to let us do whatever we want? But the reality is, is it worth the risk? Like, what if your wedding gets shut down literally the day before or that morning? And so yeah, that's oh something that I just constantly am telling people is, yeah, you can move it to a backyard. But what if your neighbors call the cops or whoever you call? I don't even know. The COVID, the COVID line. The neighbors. <laughs> and they <laughs> shut you down. And then you spent all of this money and you literally have to stop your wedding in the middle or whatever. So it's everything is a risk. And then do you want to risk the health of your family and your friends and your vendors? And there are people that just went forward regardless. And I get it. You don't want to cancel. You don't want to change your vision. But everyone has 
their own comfort levels. And to me, it's like, just follow the law because I don't want to risk your wedding getting shut down. (laughs) Yeah. Did you have any couples coming to you like, no, we still want to go forward with this. And you were like, we can't. Like, did you have to kind of put your foot down? So that's been probably the hardest part of all of this because my husband is a nurse and he works on a COVID unit. And so I personally don't want to put anyone at risk. And also I don't want to put my business at risk and I don't want to be on the news as the wedding planner that hosted a super spreader (laughs) wedding. And so to me, my reputation and the health and safety of my clients and myself and my team mattered most. And so I had to give some people their money back and say, I don't feel comfortable with your 150 person wedding with no masks and a dance floor in the middle of COVID. It was a decision I had to make, and I'm lucky that I was financially able to return those funds. But I think about all the vendors that don't have the money to do the refund, and they get forced into these situations because they need to pay their bills. And so they work these weddings, and they're scared for their life, like literally scared for their life. And it's sad. And I just... I think that has really been the hardest thing. It's like, because I'm telling you that you shouldn't do it, but I can only do so much. I'm not you. I'm not the law. I can't forbid it, but I can only give Mm -hmm. my advice and I can only do what I'm comfortable with. Yeah. Well, you're really generous to give people their money back when you weren't feeling comfortable because just interviewing brides, you here, especially yeah. with the venues, they're not getting their money back at all. Like we got you really did. freaking lucky that Flying Flag gave us our money back. And I remember you being <laughs> first like, time oh I heard God. this. Yeah, and we're like, I was like, Jane, we're going big. Let's go to Hotel California. We got all that money back, and we got really lucky. And I don't want to take that for granted one bit. But I am curious: Have you had to alter your own policies, like in your contracts with COVID, to just? cover your business, but also be fair to couples that are trying to do business. I have made forward. changes to my contract this year and it's just nothing you ever expect. Every contract has your basic, if there's an act of God, then I can't be held liable for not being able to make it to your wedding, but there's nothing in it for this. And when people were postponing, yeah. canceling all these things, do I really have a leg to stand on? If you do cancel and I don't have the money to give you a refund or I don't feel like I should have to give you a refund. That was something I really had to look into and do a lot of research. And luckily the wedding community is so big and there's so many resources and people to reach out to, to ask for help. And I keep seeing it pop up everywhere, these contract modifications. So I did amend my contract and I had to basically add a COVID clause. If your wedding has to be postponed due to COVID, then you know you can transfer the deposit to any date. But if you decide to cancel, the deposit is non-refundable. And you know yeah. some people don't understand that, but especially for what I do, I do so much work up front. It's not like I did nothing mm-hmm. and now I want to keep your money. I worked for you. And even for the month of coordination clients, it's hard for them to understand when 
you know, it's not the month before. And they're like, well, you didn't do any work. Well, Mm -hmm. that's not true because I had to, I still provide tools and checklists, which you guys received. And I still Mm -hmm. do email hours. And some planners say like, you can't reach out to me if it's not a month out. But I don't do that because I feel bad. I've had email conversations, phone conversations with clients that only booked month on coordination because they needed advice or they wanted a quick tip or they wanted a vendor recommendation. And even though it's not in their contract, I don't want to say no because I want them to have a great wedding. It's better for me if they pick vendors that I work with and I know are going to provide them with a great service to have them come back and say like, well, you've done nothing for me. Why can't I have my money back? And so... I usually split them down the middle, like here's 50% back Mm. and we'll keep the other 50% and I'll cancel the contract. But, you know. You know, I think about us though, we wanted to keep our wedding down, even though we got the money back from Flying Flags, we wanted to still be able to work with all of you after building the relationship, especially like we had been working with you for gosh, seven months by the time we made the decision to pivot to a different venue. We know that you and Jeff and Lindsay, like they were all doing all this work and and Jeremy, like trying to get our day ready to go. And so we're like, we don't want to cut those relationships off. So that's why we're like, we're we're just going to keep it in Santa Barbara so we can all just still enjoy working with you guys. We're we're happy that we were so able to do that. One of the biggest things that I've been telling everybody that is deciding to pivot like you guys did, it's there's still ways to use your deposits. And even though you're not having this big wedding and maybe it doesn't make sense to have your full package with these vendors, maybe you don't need eight hours of photo for your nine nine person wedding, which you know. That was the best advice. Honestly, you were like, no, like work with what you put down. We were so grateful. You suggested that because it didn't make sense for us to pay the full amount, but we still wanted a good experience. So that was a wonderful yeah, advice you gave us. and for the vendors, it's one thing to have to return money and it's another thing to just go, okay, well, I'm not going to make as much as I thought. And on the vendor perspective, like the deposits that we get, we spend those. We use those that money to pay our bills yeah. and to pay our teams and to survive. And so then you know, at the end of it, when someone's, well, I want it back. It's, well, I don't have it anymore. <laughs> um, like, uh, you know, I, I used to pay my rent, but <laughs> it's oh hard. Yeah, it's hard. I bet. And I feel like you have a really great business, but I imagine there are people really struggling yeah. right now in your industry. So I... I'm very happy that your team is still doing well and, and I'm hoping that this is opening up soon. All right, so we're going to take a quick break to talk about our sponsor, GiftPod. As you know, Julian and I still manage to have a dream wedding even though we had to do a lot of bobbing and weaving to make it happen during the pandemic and ended up celebrating with just our immediate families. But of course, we did truly miss celebrating with our entire tribe. In order to give our peeps a way to celebrate us, we asked them to send audio recordings of their love, support, and advice for our relationship. The recordings were produced, edited, spiced up with music, and packaged as a gift pod, our own personal podcast that we can now listen to on our anniversary or whenever we just want to feel loved. 
GiftPod is giving every guest on the podcast a free gift pod and is offering our listeners 10% off. You can apply it to a wedding package or you can use it to give a gift pod for any occasion, a birthday, anniversary, or even a celebration of life. Go to giveagiftpod.com and use promo code COVIDBRIDES. All right, so let's pivot to like when shelter in place was announced. Can you describe your feelings during that time? For us, we were like, oh, we're in the clear. It's fine. September, no problem. Even our discussions, I think we're like, don't worry, we have time. September, you're fine. You're fine. What's weird is that last year, 2019, spring was not popular. Everyone was getting married in the fall. It's been like that for the past few years. But because 2020 was so popular, everyone loved the idea of getting married in 2020. So dates that normally wouldn't have been full were full this year. And so I had a lot of March, April weddings, which is abnormal because those are our rainiest months here in Southern California. I had a lot of weddings that were like coming up really, really soon. Like I had one that weekend that the lockdown happened. And so I just immediately went into this, I have to fix it. There's no other way around it. Like I need to just get on the phones right now. And that's what I did. I called everyone who had their weddings that were coming up within that month or the month after. And then I sent a mass email out to every single one of my clients basically saying, this is what's going on. I'm basically going to be crazy busy helping the people that have weddings coming up within the next few months, but I'm here, hang in there. I will reach out to you when I can. And I just did it in order. And originally it just felt like a temporary thing. Okay, we're going on lockdown, Mm -hmm. but it's going to be over soon. And then everything will pick back up in a month or two. But it just never did. It just kept going and going. And Still you know, going. <laughs> some of those clients postponed two months later. It was like, okay, well, you can't get married in March, but that's fine. We're going to postpone to April or May. And then they had to postpone again and again and again. And it's just so sad for them. I can't even imagine postponing my wedding three times. And I feel like at that point, you're like, I'm so over this. <laughs> I have friends I've postponed a lot and they're like, I don't care anymore, but I gave all my money away. I still have to do this and wedding I, at it's some funny, point. <laughs> I just talked to a client today who's postponing for the third time. And that's basically what she said. Gosh. She's like, I just, I'm tired. Like I'm sober out on this. I don't even care anymore. Like I just want to get married. I don't even care what it looks like at this point. <laughs> like... Which is like so so sad sad because... Yeah, it's devastating. (laughs) A lot of these people had visions. It's devastating. (laughs) And it's hard for me, but I just keep trying to put myself in their shoes and think, how would I be feeling right now? And honestly, I'm surprised at how well most of them are taking it. But what else can you do but just go with the flow and do what you have to do? I don't know. Yeah. I call yeah, pretty much bobbing and weaving. Yeah. How have you had to try to stay balanced and put together? Because like this is stressful for you. If you had 32 weddings this year 
And in the beginning, you're probably just trying to shuffle them around, like trying to find the windows where you don't have an overlapping wedding that weekend. And then there comes a point where like, I would imagine if I was in your shoes, you feel like your hair's <laughs> on fire and you're like, what do I, what do? I do? So how have you tried to stay balanced this whole Honestly, I've probably had like at least one mental breakdown a month (laughs) throughout this entire process. Fair. So it's it's exhausting and it's tiring and it's horrible. But every day I just get up and I'm like, okay, what do I need to tackle now? And I think in the beginning, the worst part was like when everyone was postponing at once. We got to a certain point like right after lockdown where things weren't really getting better and people realized, okay, this isn't going to be over anytime soon. And then it was like every single wedding for this year was pushing to next year. And for me, it's not like every other vendor where you get an email, are you available on these dates? I'm the one that has to find the dates. And then I'm the one that has to contact every single vendor and see if they're available on those dates and then relay that information to the client and try to find a date that works for everybody. And what I was doing is I was even offering to do that for month of coordination clients because I just felt so bad for them and I didn't want them to have to deal with the stress of doing that. Probably 20 clients at a time, I was contacting the venue, contacting all of their vendors, trying to find a date that works, trying to make sure I didn't accidentally double book or triple book a date. Yeah. And since I have a big oh team, gosh. we can do multiple weddings in a day, but you really don't want to do more than two or you're spreading yourself pretty thin. So it was so overwhelming, but it was like crisis mode and you just handled it. And I just spent a month. I feel like I was just on the phone 24 seven for an entire month. And then when all the postponements were done, we were just basically in quarantine. That's when like it hits you, right? Oh my gosh. I just lost half of my profit from this year. I just spent two months of my life on the phone reorganizing all of these weddings, basically like playing therapist to my clients because they're devastated, understandably. And that's when it just hits you that this year's over and everything that I had planned yeah. is ruined. And it's like a roller coaster. Like you go this almost like this high in the beginning, like crisis mode, like fix it mode and handling it. And then you feel accomplished. Oh my God, I did it. I made it through. And then you <laughs> crash and you're just like, okay, I need to open a bottle of wine and sit in the bathtub and cry <laughs> for three days. And that's pretty much what I did. <laughs> You deserve to have a bottle of wine, sit in the bathtub and cry for a few days. That is well-deserved, maybe even honestly longer than that. I remember us calling you and I think we were one of your few couples that were like, we don't want to postpone. And I remember you being like, great. (laughs) Really? You don't? (laughs) Yeah, you don't? Okay, great. (laughs) So we were all, the three of us were hanging on by a thread, deciding on if we were going to actually keep it at the original place. Even then, we're like, we're doing this regardless. However it's going to turn out, we just thank you for helping us bring it to life. All right. How are you feeling about heading into 2021 right now? Are you just already mentally prepared that like, okay, it could be another 2020 type of experience? Or are you feeling like, I think business is going to pick up and I think we're going to be on the Yeah, it's a weird thing because obviously there was a lot of profit loss because like you said, I 
only have the deposits. And everybody who postponed, what I did was I basically gave them options. I was like, you can pay your final balance on your original date. You can pay half of your final balance on the original date and half on the new date, or you can move the entire deposit over to the new date. And I wanted to make that their choice because everyone is hurting financially right now. It's not just me. And I don't want to force them to pay this money if they don't have it. So most people chose to push the deposits to the new date. And keep in mind, a lot of these deposits actually came in in 2019. So... Right. Yeah. I think ours I mean, did. If your wedding is in 2020, yeah. you're going to be booking in 2019. So yeah. they, there was like no money coming in for a long time. But for a little window there, when things were starting to look better and we were reopening some things, new bookings started coming in. So those deposits were basically my saving grace for this year. And then as far as next year goes, it's going to be okay financially because I know I'm going to get those deposits when those weddings happen. But it's not as much as I would have gotten off of a new booking because those are my 2019 prices. And some of them are even 2018 prices, which is crazy to think about how long I've been working with some of these poor clients. And my new (laughs) pricing is higher, but that's fine. I can take that. That's okay. But it's the dates Mm -hmm. that I can't now book new weddings because I had to move weddings. So I don't have a lot of availability. We already have 37 weddings next year. I was literally just going to ask you how many weddings you have next year. A lot of them got pushed to next year. So how many new weddings did you actually book for 2021 versus just being postponed? So we probably have like about seven or eight new bookings. Everything else is a postponement. And also a lot of clients did a micro wedding this year, not a lot, but a few did a tiny wedding this year, and then they're still doing their big wedding next year. So I didn't really account for that. I was just like, if you need help with your micro wedding, Mm -hmm. I'll be there. I'll help you. I didn't charge them more for that. Oh, you didn't? Oh my gosh, Jane. (laughs) So to me, it's a loss and it just is what it is. It's a loss. I'll make it up next year. I won't make up as much as I would have made in 2021 if none of this happened, but it will be enough to survive, right? To survive and keep my business going. And now people are booking for 2022 because new people are getting proposed to now and they're getting engaged now. They can't even find availability in 2021 because there's everyone's booked. (laughs) That's honestly like a few people we've been interviewing. They're like, we've called places and they have one day available and it's a Monday or it's a Friday and it's crazy. There's literally no availability. Hold on to dates, people. Yeah, for real. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Who knows what the advice is there, to be honest with you. Okay. So through this whole process though, what has probably been the like most difficult oh, thing for I think, you? Like I said before, definitely the people who wanted to move forward and I didn't feel comfortable. Those are hard conversations. The people who wanted to cancel and wanted all their money back, those were hard conversations. But honestly, it's just, 
it's hard thinking about the clients and what they have to go through and thinking about how many times they've had to postpone and how many times they've had to push this vision. And, you know, I remember planning my wedding and how exciting it is. And like, it's almost there and you waited a whole year and you're a month away and, and then it's never mind. And what a lot of my clients have been telling me, which is something I feel too, is they feel like they have to put their whole life on hold and they feel, okay, we thought, after a year, we'd be married and then we'd be buying a house or having kids or all these things that you see in your future after your wedding. And now you've been engaged for two years and you still don't know if your wedding is going to happen. And so putting your life on hold is really hard. And it's not just happening for weddings. It's happening for everybody. Like for me too, we put our life on hold. We thought we would have so much more money saved this year. My husband finally is working. Poor thing, like two years he didn't work because he was in nursing school. Finally gets a job as a nurse and we're like, oh, we're finally like going to be financially stable. And then his first day he got basically on the COVID unit. So so bad timing. So I think because I feel it too, and I feel what it's like to see all your plans basically go down the toilet, I really like connect with that with my clients and I get it and I feel that with them. And so it's like you're depressed for yourself, but then you're also depressed for your clients and then you can't see your family and you can't see your friends and it's just sad. It really is. And you go in waves. I've definitely had my moments where like, I'm going to make the best of this and I'm going to cook and I'm going to garden and I'm going to learn to make fun cocktails. And that lasts like a week. And then you're back (laughs) in the tub crying. (laughs) Now I'm just like, just open the cork and pour the wine. (laughs) I don't have time to make a cocktail. It's an emergency. (laughs) Yeah. Let's simplify this process here. (laughs) Just the emotional roller coaster of all of it has been the hardest part. And obviously the financial aspect is hard, but to me, it's like, as long as you keep a good reputation and you keep a good connection with your clients and you keep a good connection with vendors and venues and you do the right thing, I feel like you're going to survive this. And it doesn't always feel that way. And especially for vendors that don't have a partner to help split the bills and things like that. And that's their sole income. I can't imagine the stress that that puts on them, but I do feel positive And I feel that, you know, again, as long as you're doing the right thing and you're being understanding and you're being supportive for your clients, you're going to make it through. We will. It's just doesn't always feel that way. (laughs) Totally. And it's interesting you say that people have to put their life on hold. That was a big part of our decision-making process. I have to be honest with you was Julian and I were not willing to like put what we wanted to do next on hold, which was hopefully we have a family. And that was, if we weren't feeling like we wanted to start a family so soon, it was possible we could have postponed it. But I will say that's what we honestly, it was a huge factor of us going forward with, with what we did. And I have to say about just you, like you saying like how stressful it's been and so forth, like going through the process with you, you were so (laughs) calm and (laughs) the whole time. I mean, it's almost like second nature because especially for planners, because this is what we do. 
we do well under pressure. Our job is to manage crisis and to manage anything that could happen day of, which I've seen it all. But the hard part is that I'm used to having the answers on how to fix things. And I'm used to being, okay, this is how we fix this. This is what we do. Here's the answer to your problem. And so I guess that actually has been the hardest thing is really not having the answers. Even though we still go to you. So when's COVID over? Can we have a hundred wedding? <laughs> that what should we do? Well, I don't know. It's so hard because I don't know when this is going to be over. I don't know what's going to be allowed, what's not going to be allowed. I can tell you what I think, but it's just a guess. And that is not who I am. Like that is so foreign to me. I'm like, no, I need to have all the answers. I need to know how to fix it. I need to know what's happening at all times and be able to look down the road and know exactly where I'm going and what's going to happen next. And so that has been rough for sure. I bet now that it's been almost a year of this for 2021, do you feel like you have a little bit more of here's an idea of how I would recommend brides go about things just given that you've seen so many things happen this year with cancellations, postponements, people not getting their money back, all that kind of stuff? For sure. So now I feel like I have my speech, right? So every time I get the call or the email (laughs) from the client and they're like, we don't know what to do. Okay. And so what I tell them is this, number one, what county? are you getting married in? Because if it's LA County, you should postpone. (laughs) If it's any county that has super high numbers that has never, you know, really been able to be lenient on their restrictions, the likelihood of you having the exact vision that you wanted is probably not there. So if it's LA County, postpone or see if you could possibly move your wedding to a safer county. So for me, you know, Ventura County, Santa Barbara, San Ynez, like those areas don't have as many cases as LA County. So that's my first recommendation. Two is to make sure that there is an all outdoor option. If there's not, then you should probably postpone because the first thing that's going to happen is outdoor events are going to be allowed way before indoor events. And we've seen it already. I mean, Outdoor dining has been allowed, but indoor dining was only allowed for a little bit to a certain capacity, like 25% capacity or whatever. So that's the second thing you want to make sure just in case that you can do your entire wedding outside. And then the biggest thing is decide what are your non-negotiables. And I think we had a conversation like that. I'm sure it's like, what are you willing to give up and what are you not willing to give up? Are you okay with guests wearing masks at your wedding? If the answer is no, postpone. Are you okay if you don't get to have a dance floor? If the answer is no, then you should postpone. Are you okay with cutting down your guest count? What is the threshold? Is it 100? Is it 50? Are you willing to go all the way down to nine like you guys did? Are you (laughs) okay with maybe just having a ceremony? So it's really, really important to think about what you're willing to give up, what you're not willing to give up, and to have a plan B and a plan C. And that's really all you can do. My gut, which, you know, who knows how 
much that means, but tells me that by summer, things are going to be looking a lot better. But who knows? Yeah, who knows? Yep, I'm hoping summer is looking a lot better for everybody else that's getting married in 2021. But that's great advice, Jane. All right, what is one piece of advice you want to share with couples as they continue to plan their wedding during the pandemic? And I know you gave those three Is there anything else beyond just like the whole execution of how they're going about thinking about their wedding that like a piece of advice you would Yeah, I think that something I try to remind everybody and tell everybody, and sometimes it's hard to hear, is just remember the reason why you're doing this in the first place. And the reason you're doing this is because you want to marry the love of your life and you want to start a life together. And I know it's really hard to let go of that dream wedding. I can't imagine having to do that. But one day it will come. And it doesn't always feel that way. I get that. But it will. One day you will have the wedding of your dreams. But if you don't want to wait to be married, then don't. Get married. Yeah. Yeah. Go to the courthouse. And just... (laughs) Put it off until you can have exactly what you want. Because if you're not willing to compromise on anything, you shouldn't. And I think that's so hard for so many people because they're like, well, they're getting pressure from everybody. Like someone's telling them to elope. Somebody is telling them to wait. Somebody is telling them not to cut the guest count. And it's think about what you really care about, what you really want. What is your dream? what you're willing to compromise on and what you're not. But at the end of the day, no matter what type of wedding you have, you're going to love it. And sometimes changing your vision, it ends up being better than what you could have ever wanted it to be. And that's what I've been hearing so much from clients that have been doing these tiny weddings like you guys is like, yeah, it wasn't what we wanted, but in some ways it was better and it was perfect for us. Yeah. That is exactly it. Like we honestly, (laughs) like I was able to have my like true dream vision. I wouldn't be able to afford that vision if we had done it the way with 150 people. But because it was nine, I literally could do whatever I wanted because I was going to be saving money. That again, silver lining of everything. But I love it. And I think to your point that you say like you're getting pressure from different angles a lot of brides or couples are feeling that way. This is the time yeah. to be selfish and do it's whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. It's it the really ultimate is. cop out, which is so funny. Like I've had so clients funny. say, like, I always wanted a small wedding and now I get to have one. Or like the other silver lining. Mm-hmm. I have another client. She got gets to wear her wedding dress twice. She overspent. It was like her big splurge. She get this amazing gown. And she did a small wedding and then she's doing a big wedding and it's she gets to wear that dress twice. Who gets to do that? I know. I don't think I can <laughs> yeah, breathe in mine anymore. I don't think I can <laughs> mine <either>. was like <laughs> suffocating mine. Suffocating me yeah. that night. <laughs> I mean, you have to see the small victories in all of this, but if you don't want to give up any of that, then don't and don't let anybody try to force you into doing that. Just wait and have it when you can. And have everything that you want. Everybody's situation and everybody's dream and everybody's non-negotiables are different. Yeah. 
So true. I love it. Okay, my final question for you, Jane, that I'm going to ask all wedding vendors is the wedding industry got very expensive prior to COVID. How do you think COVID is going to change the bridal industry? I think that the people that don't do this because they love what they do and we're doing it for the money are not going to survive this. Because if you don't love this, like to the core, this would break you. And there's so many other industries and ways that you can make money. So I think that those people will be weaned out. And I think that's a good thing. Because those are the vendors and the venues that are going to rip you off or not care about you and your day. And the wedding industry will get smaller because of that. But I think that the quality will be better, but the quantity will be less. At least that's what I hope happens because I do hear all the time, oh, this vendor was awful or this venue was awful or they were just so horrible to work with. They didn't care about me. They didn't listen to me. They didn't answer my phone calls. They didn't respond to my emails. And so, which happens to all of us. I'm not going to say it doesn't because it does, but the people that just really don't care about their clients and don't care about what they do they're not going to make it through this. And then I also think that because of all of this, weddings are going to get smaller. It's just the way that it is because even though, yes, we may get a vaccine, things may go back to somewhat normal. I think people are going to be worried about having large events for a long time. And I think that because of that, the weddings are going to get smaller. And that means that we're going to have to adjust what we do and pivot and venues, especially some of them have just such high prices, which they need to do to survive. But also I think that what a lot of venues and vendors are doing is creating more small packages for people that can't afford to do the big thing. And they're filling in random days or smaller time frames or more last minute if we're not booked then we'll give you this date but it won't be as expensive so I think all those things are going to change it will get back to the way it was at some point I really do believe that just because it's just such a big industry weddings are never going away (laughs) this is what I keep telling myself weddings will never go away this is a recession-proof business and then here we are crying in our bathtubs (laughs) but (laughs) with my wine wine. (laughs) but I think eventually it will go back to exactly the way it was before but I do think it will take years to get back to that place but what I really do hope from this like I said before is just that the quality of vendors and venues and just people in this industry is better from this. And I think it will be. Yeah, that's great. Well, Jane, thank you for everything. Thank you for making our day special. Thank you for your expertise on this podcast. It's honestly been so great just to catch up with you and also just hear your experience because being your client, you're not going to pour out the challenges that you've been facing <laughs> when we were in the moment of trying to pivot our wedding. I appreciate you just being so real with us on on everything. And yeah, you've, you're so you. wonderful. And, and I wish that we could go do another wedding <laughs> so we can 
hang out and I can actually give I, you a hug. I, I know, can even hug you so at my hard. wedding. I hate that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what the hell? Air hugs. This was lovely. Thank you Thank for being you on so Bride much. Tour it was Bed. so great to talk to you. And I can't wait to tell everyone about this because I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Emily Lewis. Follow me on social media at Bride to Have Been and please send me or DM me your COVID wedding stories if you're interested in being featured on the podcast. Bride to Have Been is brought to you by GiftPod and produced by StudioPod. Edits were made by Notolab. Special thanks to Gary Oakland for providing this track. Subscribe, rate, and share with your fellow brides.